<laughs> I'm, I, I didn't name names. Like, I mean, yeah, I'm not, you know, it could be any Blake. <laughs> it could be any Blake. With well, a, it could be any Blake. You're not the only Blake that I know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God, God. We always we always start with the giggle. We always like find somewhere. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 23 of the Board Game Gateway podcast. This week, uh, we are going to be talking about. Uh, board gaming friendships that we it, is it about the game or the journey that we had along the way <laughs> I don't know we'll find out oh, uh, now it's like I'm in English class <laughs> <laughs> oh god my name is Neva and I'm your host for this evening and I'm joined by two of my lovely co-hosts Mr. Ralph hey everyone and Mr. Blake good to be here and uh, of Why, course, hello, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, once again Matt is not joining us this week he will be coming back we promise that he, he you know he is still alive we think we I definitely think... haven't booted him. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely haven't. I think he's just busy composing our new entrance music or something. That's what in my yeah, mind. That's what he's doing. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what he's doing. And Matt, if you're listening to this, you better be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, if this is the first time listening to the podcast, this is your entryway into the world of board gaming, tabletop gaming, and fun times. And Look, we've um, we've spent tonight. We've uh, got a, a good one going for you because we're taking it back. I like to say we're taking it back to one of the mm. classic gateway games tonight. We're going to be having a chat about Sushi Go, um, but before we get there, we're going to have a chat about what the games that we played this week. Uh, we actually had a little bit of a gaming night session last night, and um, we decided to play a couple of games that we hadn't really played before um but the one that we want to talk about have a quick chat about is uh gizmos and we played this on the board game arena and if you've never heard of gizmos um it's essentially a quintessential engine builder turning cubes into more cubes except in gizmos your cubes are not cubes they're balls so uh (laughs) the game itself is a really simple game um, it's you start you have four very simple actions which is just basically building a machine filing your machine away to to do later searching through one of the research decks to find different machines I shouldn't be saying machines they are in fact gizmos as the game would say and essentially converting uh, like taking energy that you would need to build those are the four actions of the whole game and it really started to the game itself starts with a very simple premise you have one machine one gizmo and that gizmo says hey when you do when you file something away grab a random thing grab a random energy okay cool it doesn't really sound that like a lot is happening but then everyone starts building little gizmos that do things blake you had an engine going in our first game where it was like every time you built something you just were gaining energy that you could then use to build the next thing. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think every turn I was building a something because the building action gave me enough energy to then do my next build action and I just was able to rush enough before you guys got your residents up. Mm. I still didn't know what I was doing. I was just uh, still finding my way through the game, but so it, was it, a, worked. You it was won, a lot of fun. You won, you won the game. So the game ends when <laughs> one of two things happens. Either someone builds their 16th gizmo or... 
um, you build four level three gizmos. So the level one gizmos cost you like one energy of a specific color, whereas the ones in the level three range will cost you five of a specific energy or seven of all types of energy. So your initial lot, you can only store five of them as well. So you have to build up how much stuff you can do um, and go from there. Now, I'd like to get your reactions. Ralph, what did you think of the game? Like we played a couple um, of it last night. Granted, we played it online, so we mm-hmm. lost a bit of the tactility of the game because the game actually does come with like this bucket of balls that you just pick oh, balls wow. out of and you actually it has a little conveyor belt that they fall down onto. Oh, but, that's fancy, like a so, dice tray sort of thing. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of, if you imagine like the old kerplunk, like, yeah, you know, yeah. where you have like the sticks in and the marbles mm. would fall down. Imagine that with a little conveyor belt coming out the bottom so that like <laughs> that the, the cool. balls literally roll out onto it. So as you pick one, a new, the new ones roll mm. out. And there's an action which is called the pick action, which is when sometimes they'll say go pick a random energy. To pick a random energy, you literally dunk your hand in the bucket oh, that's and cool. grab a random ball from inside of it and then yep. pick it out. And that's your, that's it's like energy. a gumball machine. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. So we lost a lot of that. And I think part of the appeal of this game is that but See, if i knew that i would have been eating skittles at the time yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, but like lo- losing that tactility though what did you think of the actual gameplay of, the, of um, the game initially i was disappointed because my favorite paul jennings book is called the gizmo and it had nothing to do with that <laughs> so, so i was just like what is this we're building an engine that doesn't happen in the book mm-hmm. <laughs> but um um yeah i really enjoyed it um you know the fact is when you build your little gizmo like it gives you little perks like mm-hmm. you know you have extra capacity to store more gizmos or when you pick a certain color you get to pick again like it Mm. just it sort of cascades Mm. Um, and what I really liked about it was the filing mechanic so if I see a tile there or a gizmo that I didn't want Blake to have or that I wanted to reserve that for myself that was within my power on my turn to save that for later Mm -hmm. but of course that also meant you guys could see Ralph needs five blues Mm. I could just steal the blues away from him like so it made that it made that engagement a little interesting for a game that didn't have a lot of interaction. There was still that little bit of um, take that sort of thing, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that mechanic. And at the start of the game, you can only file one gizmo away. And there are some mm. cards that allow you to eventually file an extra one. Yeah, you have more and there, storage. Yeah, and there are gizmos that basically say every time that you file a thing, grab some energy. So there's a whole bunch of different routes that you can take. You can take the build strategy. I tried doing the file strategy, which didn't really work in the first game. But Or like, for example, I did in the second game, I decided to go big into the research track, mm. which is like every time I decided to do a research, action which is just look at one of the three face down decks of gizmos you're initially only allowed to take three but by the end of the game i was looking at eight gizmos so i just kept picking up the level three deck every single time going Mm. okay i this turn have enough gizmo i think i'll be have enough to get the black one this time so i'll pick that level three gizmo and file it away Mm. and i don't know there were some really interesting things here i think we, as we did say we did kind of lose a bit of the tactility of what i think some of the this game has which is like you know it's not energy cubes it's energy balls like little marbles and i think we did lose a little bit of that in the game however this is very much a quintessential engine builder yeah if you haven't heard that term before it very simply means that you start with nothing and you then come up with something on the fly that then allows you to do something so for example blake's engine was all about every time he built a black building he would get to pick two random energies and then three energies of his choice Mm. and so that so then you lean into something that you've built and by the end of the game 
it should leave you going, I believe, uh, a good engine builder makes you go, yeah, but if I had one more turn, my engine really yeah. would, have been ch- would have been hovering That's always that element. Yeah. What did you think, though? Did you think that it had it by the end? I, yeah, or- I would definitely like a few more plays. Um, if Even if just to see the full sort of um, layout of cards. Mm. I mean, I, a few of those level three cards started to come out where they started to have a few more interesting effects. Like the level ones and twos were just sort of cheaper and more expensive versions of the same sort of cards. When yep. you when you pick a color, you get this bonus. When you mm. file a card, you get this bonus. Or swapping energies, which I didn't lean too much into, but I feel like that's got something to it as well. Yep. Swapping around your colors for other colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of um, like all the abilities read really simply, but they, yeah. they combo really well. That's right. Yeah. But then the level three ones started to come out with really interesting ones. Like you can no longer research for the rest of the game, but you yeah. get eight victory points. Or, you know, mm. you can use multicolors to build them like... Those are the ones that I was sort of interested in. I don't think I saw enough enough of them. Um, like I said, the first game I just was sort of was didn't really have a plan. I was just, mm, just laying out cards <laughs> and it all seemed to work for me somehow. The second game, I made quite a few errors. I don't know if any of you noticed, but there were, I think, three different turns where I literally didn't have an action because I messed up and pressed the... No, thought I, I could I do d- something. Didn't realize, no. There was one card that I had in my file which was you get a one energy discount right when you research when you're picking from the research so i thought i got five red that means i'd have an, a limit of six so i picked it up and there was a perfect six energy cost red card in the research pile but i realized that the card was in my arc my file and right. i hadn't, or, hadn't built it yet right and i just and there was nothing else to pick there from so yeah i had a few turns like that um <laughs> where again I, th- I just think it's a Learning, learning the different, you know, energy capacity. I ran into that a couple of times in the second game, running out of yeah, limit storage, to, um, yeah. storage to hold all the energies I was bringing in. Um, so I didn't upgrade enough. But yeah, I thought it was an interesting little game. I thought it's got a lot of a lot of replayability, um, and I look forward to playing a bit more of it. That's for sure. Yeah, I won the second game based on the fact that one of my level I bought the level three card that said get as many points as excess as energy cubes mm. that you still have in your pile at the end of the game. And I had an energy capacity of like 11. Mm-hmm. So my whole thing was, was just... a big swing. Yeah. yeah, it was just like research something or mm. file something and get five energy. And then I ended up buying two of them. So that was the swing that gave me the points. Yep. I was like, okay, I have a big energy capacity. That one works well for me. And I think we go from there. This to me does feel like the step up from Splendor. This feels like Splendor is mm. the bare bone basic sort of engine builder I think you could get. Yeah. Whereas like that says you discount cards to buy them and therefore, you know, you're just trying to figure out your discounts. Whereas this one starts adding the fact of like, okay, if you, you, we have that, but it's more so a, you do something and now you will get rewarded for doing mm. more of that thing. It, feel, it felt like to me. But in the same, the same vein, I feel like this is maybe the step down in between um from one oh, was ancient is it wonders of the ancient world uh it's a it's a wonderful world. Wonders. it's sorry it's a sorry, wonderful, it's a wonderful world. World. Yeah. yeah um where you're doing the same sort of thing you're building an engine you're trying to build an engine build up an empire you know quote unquote mm. um with all these different colored cubes it's got the same a lot of the same sort of mechanics in it but i feel like the theme really grabs me a lot more in that game 
you're building an empire. You can see all these different, like you got this wonder or, you know, the big bank or you can see your empire coming together. Yeah. Whereas yep. I felt like a lot with these gizmos that were just sort of, even the art it didn't, was like maybe, face, maybe it was like it's faceless tiles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're sort of like faceless. Yeah. Tiles were a little bit faceless. Again, maybe that was just because it was online, but um, I didn't feel like I was really building anything it just felt like i was just massing tiles where the tiles could have monkeys on them and it wouldn't have changed the game at all you know what i mean exactly Um, so so i think it lost it a little bit there for me but i think the the game mechanics itself was Mm. was definitely definitely worked for me it reminded me a lot of uh century spice road or century spice golem um i've only played century spice road but the game plays the same where you have cubes instead of little discs but the thing is the cubes have like different ranks like the yellow is the least and then if you upgrade that, it becomes a green one and then the red one and then the, the black, I think. So there's different um, value cubes. But all you're doing is your cards have actions on them, say, you know, get two more yellow cubes. So mm. you play a card and then you keep playing cards to get and convert cubes. And then you get victory points. So like a card will have a victory point value of 12 and you need to cash in a black, two black cubes and two yellow cubes. Mm. And then you get 12 points and you've got to do that six times. And that's the whole game. And it's a great game very gateway and stuff but it kind of just feels like there's no theme to it mm. <laughs> and they try to tack on the theme of like trading spices on the road but it's just like they're just cubes and there's a number 12 on the car <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It, it did feel a bit like that with the gizmos it did feel like this was just a collection of gizmos with no interconnective tissue between them mm. even though you're kind of like oh there's a if i have a, all these black actions but by doing it, it still didn't actually feel like that. And I, yeah. I agree with you. Look, I do think I want to give it a couple more goes. I oh, think definitely. I think this is definitely one of those games where it's like it's light enough that if I don't want to play, it's, it's a wonderful world and crunch for 45 minutes. Like yeah. this was literally like, I think if you understand some of the, the lower, like what, as you said, the cards that we really didn't see in mm. the first couple of plays, then you kind of go, okay, I've got an idea of what I'm building towards. Look, it's, it's definitely for someone who's introducing other people to those sort of mechanics. Like, we, I kind of take for granted, like, a mechanic of deck building. Mm-hmm. Like, you get a card, it goes to your discard, you use it later. And we, we that, completely understand that. We yeah. take that for granted because yeah. we've done it a thousand times. So it's definitely got a place in the board yeah. gaming world. Yeah, look, and it's only relatively new. I mean, it's less than five years old. I mean, it came out in 2018, so... Look, this certainly was a take on the engine. Who's, who's the design? Uh, the design it's designed by Phil Walker Harding and it's published by Simon Simon uh, Global. Um, so that's if you're looking for it. But look, it certainly I think has a place in the collections because it it properly is like um, it, it properly has that fills that uh, niche between. Um, you know the engine building i've just shown the boys a a photo of what the bucket looks like and i think i i do think having that would totally like it would have a a table presence where you're actually physically picking things up i think it would i it would be a lot for those who have played or listened to our you know our ravings about dead reckoning that'd be like playing dead reckoning without dropping your cubes into the pirate ship at the top of the board it's i still haven't done that it's uh (laughs) we are going to ralph you'll be playing dead reckoning this year i promise you all right so anyway that was gizmos by phil walker hardy uh, published by Simon Games. We're going to now shift to another game uh, that Ralph would like to bring up and uh, have a chat, have a little bit of a chat about it. Oh, sure thing. So um, lately, uh, I've been diving deep into Clank uh, Catacombs, uh, which is the latest version in the Clank series. Uh, so the gameplay is pretty much the same. If you know Clank already, it plays the exact same. You go down, get still some artifacts from a dragon, and get out of the cave. Plays the exact same way, except you don't know what the map looks like 
um, you have tiles and you go discovering the map, which is always fun because you, when you get a tile, you get to orientate how it is. So you can pick, do I want to go into the crystal cave or do I want to avoid it and see what's on the following mm. tile? And you can make like lines so you can literally connect like a tile with one, four tiles away, <laughs> like go through half the map. Um, and what's cool, when the cards come out, they manipulate the map. It will say like rotate a tile with another player on it or something like that so you can stuff other people up, which is really awesome. Awesome. Um, there's some other little like differences between that and main clank, but I won't go too much into it. Um, but I'm a bit of a solo gamer. Um, and when I get a new game, I just want to learn it and play it and play mm. it and play it. So clank actually has an app. It's a companion app, which is a campaign Ooh. that you play on your own. <laughs> oh. So you can't even do this multiplayer. Like I thought I tried in the app. Can I add another person to this? The answer is no. You versus the AI and that's it. Um, but it gives it a story. Um, and it tells you to take certain cards out of the deck and you're like, oh, they're going to use that later. I just know it. Mm. So when you steal an artifact, a ghost will pop out in the catacomb and haunt you and teleport you to somewhere else or the map collapses like it's in a video game or um, a boss came out and all of a sudden I needed swords to defeat the boss. Otherwise, I couldn't get out of the cave. Mm. So it forces you to build a deck differently right. to beat the story. Okay. Right. And yep. I'm, I've only played three chapters of it. I don't know how many chapters there are, mm. but I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that Clank had that single player. I've uh, yeah. So Catacombs specifically had no, the No, no, they player. all do. They do? Yeah, so the app, I don't know about Clank in space, but base Clank has it as well. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Okay, awesome. I do know, look, I've always been interested in Clank, even like like what, I've been a big D&D nerd, so when I saw Clank Acquisitions Incorporated, I was kind of like... Oh, I'm keen for that one. I was like, I kind of wanted to go back and play it because just for the name yeah. alone. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I've talked about on the podcast before having when you you um, and Damien and Reese introduced me to Clank, it's a very simple deck builder game, but it mm-hmm. basically takes what I love about Dominion but gives it a bit more focus, whereas Dominion mm-hmm. basically says... Here are your combos. Figure it out. Yeah. Clank says, okay, here's your deck. Go and rob this dragon. Mm. Don't make a lot of noise. Try and find the fastest way out. Yeah. But then also gives you the option of says, but if you don't want to be in there, just get out. You can leave. Mm. And then everyone else has to try and like, so it's this kind of mixture of creating a deck to fulfill your wants and needs of this particular game. And oh my god, Blake just decided to leave the cave, and I'm in the uh, he's he's back in the castle, and I'm literally in the depths of this dungeon's lair, a uh, dragon's lair. Yeah. How am I going to get out of here? And what's cool about this one? Not only is there new cards that all do different things, mm. but like you think there's a lot of cards that do minus clank, like a lot of cards. So you're like, oh, if I'm never making noise, I'm not going to die. But because you're in the catacombs, you discover ghosts, and there's ghost cubes that go right. in. And it's a white cube, and when it it goes in the bag and comes out like normal when the dragon attacks, but when it comes out, it hits every player. Oh! So you can build this fantastic deck that's super quiet, but you're going to get hit by these stupid <laughs> ghosts because <laughs> it keeps going back in the bag. It doesn't just come out once. Yeah. yeah. One um, of the, one of the yeah. things about Clank is that I've always every time I hear Clank, my mind cannot stop thinking about Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I was like, <clears throat> no, Clank is the sound that your metal boots make when you smack a rock in the middle of the dungeon and Clank, right? And it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah, that's the worst sound effect I've ever done. But 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 the but the like when, once you understand that that. The, the sound mechanic is actually a, a serious yeah. thing of like being swift, Actually, being in and like you can be loud, but you've got to have a lot of 
HP if you're going to do that. Sort it of happened thing. to me in the campaign. It, I was esco- I found a prisoner and I was escorting him out, but all of a sudden he was working with the dragon and he makes all the noise and the dragon's coming for you. And I was like, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, so that was great. But what's cool about this one as well, I played a three-player game of it. Mm-hmm. And normally in Base Clank, the map is static. Yeah. So you can't, can kind of just go down and come out. Mm. But with this one, it's a big maze and there's portals so you can teleport everywhere. Well, not everywhere, but a lot of places. And you just sit back and look at it halfway through the game and everyone's in different areas of this catacomb. And you're like, how do I get out of this mm. now? We made this puzzle. Now we've got to find a way to get yeah. out, which is so cool. Yeah, It's different every time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to giving it a go. Um, I saw it at, our, at the latest meetup, which we talked about last week. Um, but I didn't play it because there were other games I wanted to play. But mm. I have to admit, it did look very nice. It had a very lovely table mm. presence. Um, and it made me something that I'm keen to play. It's definitely something that I need, I need to give a go. Yeah, definitely. It's a really uh, simple deck builder. Mm. It's fantastic. I taught my nephews how to play it over the Christmas break. We played the base clank, but that was their introduction to deck building. So, like, even my wife still, she picks up a card and reads it and goes, oh, I get to do that now? And I'm like, no, it goes to your disc. <laughs> and she gets it every time. She's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so it's a, we've been having a lot of fun with clank lately. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Okay, so that were the games that we've played this week. And... As I said uh, in our little preamble, we wanted to take it back to a couple of games that, uh, for our gateway game of the week, um, that we want to take it back to what uh, what we think is one of the quintessential hand, uh, not hand, uh, card drafting games in Sushi Go. And card drafting is a mechanic that gets used in a lot of different games, um, but essentially Sushi Go, I think, is one of the most standout games that's out there um i can't remember where it placed on our top 10 in our top 10 board games i think it was in there i think it was in there like yeah or so. i can't remember i'd have to go back and check it but i'm sure it was in our top 10 list mm. but sushi go for those of you if you've never played it is uh played with a a, a card uh, deck of about 96 to i think it's 96 cards and you essentially the theme of the game is we are attending a sushi train um, the way that it works is that every player gets every player gets a hand of certain amount of cards. When we played three players tonight, just to refresh our memories, but we didn't really need to because it's that simple of a game. We each got nine cards, and all you're going to do is very simply pick a card, play a card, play that card that you picked, and then pass mm-hmm. the rest of your cards to the person on your left. Congratulations, you've just learned how to do card drafting. And where this game becomes really, really great is that. There are, they do a few different things. So in the base game of Sushi Go, you've got like different sorts of nigiris. Egg is one point. Salmon nigiri is a bit better. It's worth two. But squid nigiri is worth three points. Or you could try and maybe double those or triple those points by playing a wasabi first and then dunking that, you know, following it up with a, a nigiri, nigiri straight after, like uh, and dunking it in the wasabi that you took off. Uh, so that could be then, you know, for example, that's nine points for a squid nigiri and a, a wasabi. We've also got tempura, which tempura always comes in twos. So, you know, you've got to eat two tempura, otherwise you get no points. We've got dumplings, which everyone loves dumplings. Mm-hmm. So the more of them that you eat, the more points that you get. And we've got the classic sashimi, which is they only come in threes. And so if you do not get all th- like three sashimi in one hit, you get zero points. And then the little the little wrinkle at the end of it is that you have the pudding, 
Um, and the pudding is the dessert. And at the end of the game, the person with the most amount of pudding will get six points. And the person with the least amount of pudding gets negative six points. Play three rounds of the game. Tally up your scores. See who wins. Well, there's only one other thing, which we... The little uh, is the chopsticks, which is that if you have a chopstick card um, in front of you, you can pick up the chopsticks and play two cards, which doesn't sound that exciting, but it kind of really helps change yeah. the game because you'd be like, oh, I've got one sashimi, and I know that there's two sashimi in the hand going around at the moment. Maybe I'll play the chopsticks now and wait for it to come back to me. Ah, oh, they're both here. Play my chopsticks, and now I've taken two in one hit, and I'm in armor. Exactly. The amount of times you see, you're looking at hand, you go, oh, I want both of these cards, but this one's definitely not coming back around to me. So. No. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that obviously means you're, take, you're taking a turn to pick the chopsticks rather than something else. Yeah. Vet set up in advance. Um, I mean, the, the other element of this game is, you know, if you see someone's playing, like, with the wasabi, you know they're setting up, so you maybe you're taking the... Maybe you're taking the Nagiri away from yeah. them so they can't mm. they can't sort of play that. And another reason why the chopsticks is a is a good card of this game. Mm. Yeah. It has that you know, it's really simple. It's you see all sort all sorts of people just pick it up straight away. It's it plays two to five, and I have to say that the theme is absolutely perfect. So two to five players, and it's absolutely perfect. Mm. The artwork as well, like if you were to line the cards up from left to right, you actually see that there's a little sushi train mm. behind them, so you can actually imagine. It makes you feel like you're actually at a sushi train, which is kind of weird thing because you're just playing cards. But, Ralph, this is one of the most quintessential classic games, um, so much so that they even got a rework, which we have in front of us, Sushi Go Party, or the deluxe Sushi Go Party yeah, and the Sushi, sushi Go... So, but let's, I mean, we've talked about it before, but going back and playing it again tonight, I mean, what, what did we think of it again? I mean, yeah, I, the thing that drew me to this game initially was the artwork on the cards. Mm. It still draws me in. It's a very pretty game. It's very nice to show people. Um, I kind of, li- I really like the theme of the scoring, especially of the dumplings, but I like there's sort of little improvements I, I would do. Like, the dumplings right now, if you get six of them, I think it's like 30 points or something 15, ridiculous. 15 points yeah. or something, yeah. But it should be like, if you have a seventh seventh dumpling, you ate too much, you have zero points. <laughs> like, like, there could be lots of little things yeah. like that, which are cool. Um, but for what it is, it's fantastic. Like, I really enjoy this game. Yeah, so do I. I mean, it's, it's like, I've got the original version, which is literally this little tin thing which yeah, holds two decks of cards and it's a perfect size to hold in your hand and, yeah whereas and, the deluxe version the party one i would not recommend it. yeah so, so it's let's, yeah, so let's, finicky it's got more su- types of sushis in there i still like how there's only one dessert if you go to a sushi train <laughs> but um, um yeah it's just such a pain like you can't really get it out and set it up quickly and things like that yeah um, so sushi go party is the big tin that we have in front of us and it is probably actually about four times the size too mm. wide too high on top of it as the original box now i will say the sushi go party does give us some interesting new variants to play so we played the um the cutthroat cut version mm-hmm. which introduced the spoons and ladles and a couple of other little um things like eel and nigiri and things like that and it was a, it was a lot of fun i still think i really just prefer the, the base game the base box i think the Sushi Go Party has a lot of different variation. It does allow you to play up to three more players, so it does allow you to play eight players, which mm-hmm. is 
which is great. Like, look, look, I think that would be great for a sushi train. Like, yeah. if everyone's keen for it, I think that'll be a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, so it's not a bad take by any means. The fact that you could... And I actually have played Sushi Go at 7, I think. Sushi Go Party at 7. We've done it before. And the game plays just as quick because everyone's literally pick a card, pass the card, mm. pick a card, pass yeah. the card, and just I, rinse and I repeat. I played a big game of Seven Wonders like that. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only difference... The thing is, though, playing it with that many people you don't get to see the same cards twice, no, really. No. And I do think that takes away some of this game. I think the perfect Sushi Go size is about four or five because it's like you are going to see the same hand of cards twice. Yep. That's it. You now need to figure out what it is you actually want to keep because once it goes, you will only get one more shot at this, but you don't know what will actually make it back mm. to you. I have to say, though, Sushi Go is like... <clears throat> 30 bucks 25 bucks i cannot recommend it enough for someone who just wants a nice simple little card game to play yeah. i think it, it it works i me personally i have no desire to go buy a sushi go party um i still love it but i i would not be upgrading yeah uh, i think sushi go party is only if you have that play account and if you love sushi go and want to play with more variants this will get you more value for money for absolutely sure. yeah um but for what it is yeah the the base game will be totally worth it yeah well and speaking of variants though we decided i talk i've talked about it on previous podcasts but i finally decided to introduce to you guys the sushi no variant which if you're listening to this and you're going what the hell is that sushi no it is exactly the same game except now instead of trying to get the most amount of points we're playing golf rules and you do not want the most points you want the Mm -hmm. least amount of points and that's the only variation to the game what did you guys think of Sushi No? I loved it. <laughs> Straight up. It was so it, so much more tense. The car, You're looking at the cards. You, when you're playing four points, it's hard to go wrong. You know, you've, you've obviously got things. You know, you need two of these. You need three of these. You want your wasabi before your nigiri. Those sorts of things. But if you're just picking and playing cards, you're going to end up with some amount of points. And, yeah. You know, you're just playing the game. Whereas when you're trying to avoid the points you it's just it's so much harder to do and it's creates so many tense situations you don't want certain cards to come back around to you but you know maybe i want to send that tempura back around to ralph you know? yeah <laughs> even though it would do well on my board so i don't have one yet maybe i want to give him and save it to try and try and screw him over it's a and you did <laughs> <laughs> it's a you know it's a, it's a lot more um I guess cutthroat a lot more. There's a lot more laughs to be had. Mm. Um, I do think you should play the obviously the regular version first yeah. and get acquainted with that. But no, I I loved it. It's definitely my favorite variant for sure. Yeah, what I what I really liked about it was playing Sushi Go was you just pick a card, play it, you get the points at the end of the round. That was it. We were all pretty quiet. Mm. This one was tense. Mm. We were all talking a bit of smack, like, no, nah, I'll leave that one for Ralph. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> like, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, it, it did remind me a little bit of a card game, which we might talk about in a later episode, called Six Takes or Six Nipped. Yep. Um, yeah. In right. the fact of you don't want to pick up points, so you're mm. playing cards to avoid getting the points. So yeah. this reminded me a bit of that, but it felt more of a strategy game. Mm. Uh, it was fantastic sushi you know highly recommend that yeah one. look it takes the formula of what you know and you guys have said it and i knew how good this was and i was like i because all of a sudden some strategies actually popped up yeah that i did 
because I played it before and you both went, what the hell are you doing? Oh, <laughs> right. So, for example, clicked, yeah. so one of the ones, the two the different mar- strategies the I, that I did. Yeah, yeah, the first one was the marquee rolls, which in standard Sushi Go, which is you want to have the most amount of marquee rolls. And if you have the most amount, you get six points. And if you have the second amount, you get three points, right? So in Sushi No, one of my strategies that I played was I'm only going to take marquee rolls. And I took three of them before you guys all went, the hell why are you taking all the marquee rolls and, and, and I went, you won the game by one point i think no <laughs> like four points or something that i think it ended up being but like it was one of those moments where you both were sitting there going why the hell you know you just took a three marquee roll and i went yeah i know and then the reason you take the three marquee rolls first is because then it becomes people don't necessarily want to take like you know oh, i should have actually taken the one marquee rolls first mm. because then you're like I don't know if I want to take a three marquee roll. Yeah. The idea, the idea is quite simply: I only want to take six points, not mm. like multiple points yeah. for different things. So if I just hammer marquee rolls, I'll just only get six points. Yeah. And you both, as soon as you both realized what I was doing, you both instantly took a marquee yeah, roll. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. like, we yeah, can't let him keep only taking marquee <laughs> rolls, and you immediately both took it, right? And that was the that was that moment. You went, oh, okay. But then the second one was wasabi triples your points, and so I took a wasabi in the middle of the, oh, like at the beginning of the game. Mm, and that was you, suicide. Yeah, and you both went, what the hell? You just took a wasabi, mm. and I went, I know. And you went, Ralph went. Oh god, he's gonna take an egg nigiri, and he's gonna just get three points, isn't he? And I went, "Yep." And you were just like, "Oh god!" And you you realized all of a sudden, like with those two moves I did, you went, "Oh, there's actually ways of yeah. limiting your points to a a point that you're like, yeah. okay, this is not actually a game of getting points. Mm. It's actually a game of." what i call point mitigation that's yeah. right it's minimizing the damage you have so i think the last draft i had in that last game we played i had a pudding or a dumpling and either one of them was going to get me six points but i was like nah i'll try and mitigate the damage i'll give knee the dumpling the pudding and i'll take the dumpling six so at least knee might get six points as well yeah but then the card that blake gave me was a pudding anyway so i got the max point lost and yeah it just made it all, that drafting so tense yeah, yeah and that's one of those things that i've always found about it which is that even though you know the drafting is tense in the initial this immediately actually made you look up because yeah. you actually look at okay what is this person not wanting to take mm. because if i know what they're not gonna take then i know what i should be taking yeah and you said that you guys both talked about it, which is when you are doing it, just picking cards for the sake of picking cards, you don't really care what other people are picking up. Mm. However, mm-hmm. in this variant, you do. You, do. Yep. you really care what people are going for because I'm like, okay, if I take a tempura, I need to know how many tempura are out there because yep. I don't want yeah, it coming right. flying back here and giving me five points. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. And so... If you have played Sushi Go and if you own Sushi Go but you've never tried this variant, please do. I yeah. cannot recommend it highly enough. I, to tell you what, I've been thinking about it and there's one card, which I thought was the most interesting card of out of the variant that we played in the expansion that I would want in Sushi No. And that's the Miso Soup. Oh, that's the, oh, for those who haven't played, that would be so good. The miso soup was my favorite part of yeah. the even because you know you, there's a tense. Okay, so the miso soup's worth three points, 
but if someone else also plays a miso soup in the same reveal you get zero points and you both discard the card yeah so it's sort of this tense will they won't <laughs> it's they it's a mexican standoff exactly. it is, yeah. which i think would only double yeah, because if you're because a sushi because you don't want the point so you're wanting someone else to play it <laughs> I think that would just that would be fantastic. That would be a great addition. We have to put that in the, and just see how that works. That would be, yeah. That'd yeah, be it's fun playing. I've played this like five players, the deluxe version with the soups, and yeah. there's guaranteed someone else is going to take it. So you never yeah. try it. And if you get it, it's so fun. Like, it's so rewarding. I do like the fact, though, that the way that I've always thought about Sushi Go is actually it does actually reward more experienced gamers as well because not only are you going i want specific point combinations whatnot you start thinking about it in terms of points per card mm-hmm. so like it actually turns out that if the best combo that if you can get it is wasabi and squid nigiri because it's four and a half points per card mm-hmm. whereas like people go oh sashimi is 10 points oh i want to get that so yeah but it's actually 3.33 repeating like points per card yeah so it's like Actually, the salmon nigiri and a wasabi is six points for two cards is nearly just as good as a three point yeah. as a three card uh, wasabi. Uh, mm. So it like a sashimi. So this is where like why I love sushi go so much is because it actually does reward you from going okay, like tempura is two and a half points per card, mm-hmm. but not a lot of people go tempura because it's not really the sexy combo. <laughs> oh, it's just five points. It's yeah. two for five. I'll go for three for 10. But like, if you can just like, I found if you can knock off, you know, yep. two, two tempura, like five point combinations, you're doing so much better than because yeah. someone goes, oh, he's getting sashimi. Ah, whatever. I'll just chuck one down, screw you over. And you're like, no, but no yeah. one really tries to block you from getting tempura. No, and that's it. And it's the, how contested the card is. You know, everyone's going to contest the higher point, higher scoring cards. Cause like you say, they're the sexy combos. But if you're just playing underneath and, you know, taking the cards that no one wants until the very end, then you're just going to play your own game. It's, you know, you're, you're taking the resources that no one else is trying for. Yeah. Taking six yards underneath, taking an underneath throw, six yards, line up the run, we'll take a first down, we'll move the change. Just keep the drive going. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, is it still Sushi Go? Uh, I've been watching a lot of NFL. The championship championships are just done and Super Bowl's coming up, so we've been right. watching a bit. So of it. Sushi No is a touchdown? Uh, absolutely. A touchdown with a two-point conversion. No. Absolutely. Wow. Just yeah. want to think back 10 years, Australian Idol doing that touchdown thing, if you guys uh, remember yeah. that. What the hell yeah, was that? that was, was it, oh, Mark Holden was a yeah. that's goal. No, that's... No, no, that uh, that's the footy, uh, show. footy show. Oh, we're well off top of here. No, that's like, my fault. He did go, that's a touchdown right there. Yeah, what was that? I don't know. He didn't even do know. that. He did like this weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> touchdown. I don't know. Just, I don't know. He, look, he needed a thing. I don't know. Anyway, so look. That, oh God. <laughs> Somehow that evolved into the club. I don't, know, I don't, I don't know. know where the segue is here, but we're going to try and find it and move on to our final segment of the, of the evening, which is we want to have a quick chat about uh, board game uh, friendships and board games and how we like obviously we started this podcast as a way to share our uh, love of the hobby with you guys but also to kind of kind of make you if you're listening to this going you know I don't really have a lot of like maybe a lot of people don't have a lot of friends to play with mm. to kind of open your eyes and go I think this is one of the perfect hobbies if you can to go find a local meetup group 
and make some uh, make some new friends. I mean, look, the perfect example of it is myself and Ralph and Blake and Ralph, and I guess which is that you know before last year we didn't actually know know Ralph. Mm. I mean, mm, I um, yeah, we we didn't know you, and now here we are, nearly nine months later, doing a podcast together and going, hey, he's one of my he's one of my good friends. I really like playing games with him. Mm-hmm. But that all came through the medium of board games of yep. going, hey, I'd like to play a game with this person. Going, hey, I actually really enjoy spending time with this guy he's actually really smart he's really funny uh, you know and I f- find look this is the medium for it I guess like and I yeah. think uh, you know I want to hear from you guys what you think uh, think about this this topic and about other things if you've got any other stories as well you know I'd love to I th- and I think the audience would love to hear them too yeah I mean if you want my recommendation of you know whether board games uh, a board game and friendships. I say, um, don't do it, or you end up on a podcast with <laughs> with three three questionable guys. No, Actually, I just want to say you're doing quite well. You haven't like bought a lot of board games since we started. Uh, this. I've got a few on. He's got a few, I got a few Kickstarters. Oh, I'm really? Like, yeah, I do. Okay. I just I haven't received any yet, but trust me, it's the balls rolling. All right, interesting, interesting. <laughs> He's also said that when Frostpunk finally he he asked me. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. He asked me the other week. He goes, look. Give me your honest opinion. Should I back it? I went, can you wait? And he goes, probably. And I went, just buy it on release, mate. You'll just be so much. He goes, yeah, I'm going to do that. Uh, so he's got Frostpunk, but like as I'm soon as that comes that, out, um, he's going to be buying it. I'm doing that with Ra. As soon as that hits the shelves, I'm going to pick Is that, that the, up. New, the new edition? The... Yeah, the, yeah. So that was on GameFound like probably three months ago. And I was like, maybe I should. And I'm like, no, nah, just wait for retail. It's fine. It's fine. It's going to come there. I'm sure. It's fine. It's fine. I don't need it. I don't need it now. Yeah. I don't. I. I I need, I need, I need it. it. Right, this is like, um, uh, yeah. I look. This is this hobby has been one of those things where I truly felt like at at one stage I was more of a collector than a player. Mm. Like I certainly was buying things. So I thought, oh, that's really cool, and I'd love to have it. Didn't have the space for it at the time, and now I do. But now I realize that I am more of a player than I am a like. I still like collecting it, but I really want to play more mm. games than. And I think, like even. I, I I can't believe the timing. Like you guys had only started MacArthur Board Gamers, like probably like twelve months. Yeah, probably before. just a year before we started. Yeah, this, uh, yeah. So I was like, yeah. and then I went, oh, I wonder if there's actually guys in my area and or girl, and girls for that matter, mm. and who play games. And it turns out there was, and yeah. I went. I it, actually will. It's, uh, it's growing as well. Like every time, like I sell a game or something, and I like, meet that person <laughs> to pick it up. I'm like, so do you live in the area? And they're like, yeah, yeah. Have you heard of this board game group? Like, and they're like, cool. And then I see, uh, like, because I'm an admin, they they request it. I was like, yep, we're adding them in. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna make a look. I'm gonna make a little bit of a confession here as well, which was the first time I ever went to a board game meetup. I think it was like June last year, probably, or actually maybe a, April or May. I no, it would have actually been April because it was before Goobicon because I met you guys and then I inv- invited you over uh, mm. to Goobicon. I actually had, was really nervous and I a lot of people may be out there going, oh, I don't know if I could do it, mate. I'm just, I'm re- I don't know if I could go put myself out there and meet new people. Like I'm not really, you know, extrovert or whatnot. And I like to consider myself quite an extroverted guy. I love talking to people, love getting out there, play mm. sport, play games. You know, I do theatre for, for God's sake, right? I, I kind of get out there. But this was one of those moments where I was like, I really was putting myself into a world of like 
like I knew no one. It's the I, unknown. It was the unknown, and it was, they, like that first night was it was just Damo, myself, Reese, and, and Ralph were the, the four that rocked up. And this was post-COVID, so not a lot of people. So when you played Wise Guys, was that one? No, not no. that one. That was the one where uh, Damien introduced me. Yeah. yeah, Rob wasn't at that one. This was the one where we played Clank. That was the oh, first okay. one. Yeah, I don't think I was there that night. I think you were. Oh, well, it was definitely a fourth. Maybe person. I played something else. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe it was. Um, but but that was one of those moments where I was legitimately. I was sitting in the car for an extra like eight minutes before mm. I got out of the car. And I was sitting there going, "Why am I so nervous?" Like I was legitimately like yeah. jittery. And then I get up there and Damien's like, "Hey, mate, how you doing?" I'm like, oh, "I'm actually doing really well. Like, you want to play a game?" I'm like, "Yeah." So we just sat down and we played like a World uh, World War Two in uh, Blitzkrieg. So you, oh, so yeah, that's fun. World War Two yeah. in twenty minutes, right? That's really good. That and game. from that moment, I was like, "Oh, I'm in. All right, okay." Like, not that I was in with a group, but I'm like, "Okay, yeah, I, I can do this. I can do this, and yeah. I can play some games and." Then we uh, had quite a few few people, boys and girls, and you know yeah. all different people come and rock up. And my goal is to be as friendly as Damien was to me hmm. when to everyone. To really. well, well, but like that's what I, especially to the new people. For the yeah. people I've not seen before, if they rock up, I want to be as friendly as he was mm. to me. They go, hey, welcome. Let's play some games. You know, you're more than welcome here. And look, I mm. think and, you know that's how I end up. Now I'm I'm an admin of the page as well because yeah, I yeah, want to help spread that. that. You know, I want yeah. people to do that. And I'm running those Blood on the Clock Tower events mm. and, and we see new people come all the time to mm. give it a go and we want to make those as welcoming as possible and comfortable because not only is the game intimidating if you've never played it before, you're in a room full of strangers, mm. <laughs> you know, and it's a social game. It's yeah. not just sit there. So mm. it can be, but we try and make it as comfortable and everyone is all there for it and really on board with it, especially if it's your first time. Yeah. Um, for me, the hardest thing, like I've, I was used to going to those small meetups with, you know, four or five people, but I went to the board game barbecue thing and there was like a hundred people there at the time. It was one of the earlier ones. It was pretty big. Um, not only was it intimidating because it was so big and everyone was sitting at a table and you're walking around, you're like, I have no clue what they're playing. Like this looks so intimidating. As soon as you sit down and play a game with someone, you're like, you know, we met this guy and his daughter, it was a beautiful game, had a great hour and a half together, shook hands, never seen him again. But everyone was lovely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I played Feast for Odin with just two strangers, but we had so much fun. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so the, get to those events. Like they're fantastic to meet people. Mm. Um, I've made quite a few friend groups through those events. And I've th- we talked about Twilight Imperium a lot. The way I got into that was um, literally a Facebook post saying, hey, like some guy posted on TI Australia or Sydney or something, saying anyone free for a game uh, sometime in November or something. And I was like, yeah, I am sure. And he's like, cool. He didn't say it, but he kind of was just like, I want to meet you to make sure you're not a <laughs> yeah, a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you're um, going to be spending 12 yeah, to that's 12, right. 14 hours together playing a game. You yeah, know. so um, he invited me over to his house. And then I t- told my wife, hey, I'm going to the stranger's house. If I don't text within half an hour, send the police. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you've yeah. never met this guy before. But um, he's turned into, um, like, a great friend over mm. over probably eight years now. That's um, awesome. And since then, like, I think it was about five years ago, we kind of made that big commitment. And we're like, let's get Gloomhaven. Yeah, let's do Gloomhaven. We can smash that out. And then literally it was like every second or third Friday night or so we are playing Gloomhaven. Mm. Um, COVID happened. We finished it over lockdown. Uh, there was four of us in the group. And uh, in Gloomhaven, uh, that's a city. And there's a pub called the Sleeping Lion. 
and some missions start in the pub and so on and so forth. Anyways, I, this package arrived at my house during we were all locked down and we we're about to finish Gloomhaven that night on Tabletop Simulator. We transported our whole game from the box wow. into the computer, <laughs> like, like campaign. Everything was the exact same. It took ages. Um, he goes, open this up when we beat Gloomhaven. I was like, okay. So we beat it. It was like 10 o'clock at night. And uh, we all turned our webcams on. I opened it up. We all opened it up together. We all got the same package. One of the guys bought like a stein that said the sleeping lion on it. Oh, and we wow. all we all poured a beer and there's like a photo of us all cheesy. <laughs> and this is all like lockdown or hair is like six times yeah, bigger. Yeah, yeah. Like it was terrible. But uh, yeah, so it made like some real meaningful connections to genuine <laughs> people. Um, and this is in addition to meeting you guys through gaming as yeah. well. Yeah. Like it's just, yeah, it's... It's a great hobby to be in. There's some fantastic people around. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely don't hesitate to try and meet people through this hobby. Absolutely. And I, I think my favorite, or well, one of my favorite things about this hobby is just how flexible it is. Because mm. uh, before before I, you know, um, I, I've known Nee for quite a while through his brother, Nick. I've been friends with Nick um, since just after high school. Um, but Nick... One night, just uh, you know, did you want to come? I'm going to board game night with uh, my brother's hosting with a few of his friends. Did you want to come around? Um, and you know, I'm I'm qu- quite the opposite of of me. I'm I'm would consider myself a lot more introverted. Um, and I, you know, I was thinking, oh, I don't know, you know, I'm only going to know one person there. And I just you get the feeling you're crashing, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, you, I get that feeling sometimes um, too. <laughs> But I decided to do it and, you know, I've, I've always in my life loved having a hobby outside of my work, you know, like mm. a sport or something to do. And the shift work that I do means I can't commit to a certain night of the week to do that sort of thing. Mm. And it's definitely something that I was missing. Um, and so, you know, Nick, Nick invited me along. I had an absolutely fantastic time straight away. I mean, it was um, Great Western Trail. I mean, a huge game, but I fell in love straight away. I'm like, I'd, the meat of that game drew me in straight away everyone was great there and you know and now now i'm stuck with this i suppose yeah. but yeah, <laughs> look i will i'll never apologize for that being your introductory game to board games because i knew you could handle it because mm. i like i knew having played civ with you and stuff mm. i'm like if you just give me half an hour to get you into the rules and get you into the game mm. i promise you you'll find something here and by the end of the game you like the classic debrief happens where we all sit there at the end of the game going oh man, <laughs> yeah. there's so much there to unpack. And you're like, what happened? And then you start thinking about it. And I will admit, like, even as, like, you know, we've talked about how it can be, it is actually very nerve wracking because board gaming is one of those few hobbies, especially in a digital age, that requires you to go and make face-to-face connections. Yep. It doesn't require it, but I don't think you get as much out of it unless you do. Yeah, And I think yeah. that can, for a lot of people, can be very very intimidating and very something like you know you said you know like, even though you knew me and you knew my brother and you knew it was fine you still felt like oh man i don't know yeah. like i don't want to interrupt or i don't want to do that and like even though you knew i'm like yeah mate come that's yeah. no problem so like you know it's only imagine like when people are going oh there's a board game meetup i hope these guys are nice mm. and i find that you know I reckon most everyone that i've met so far has been really good in fact yeah. most people have been very welcoming with like Hey, you want to play a game? Yeah, sure. I don't really know how to play it. That's fine. I'll teach you. Let's go. That's yeah. the point. Most people understand the purpose of those nights, mm. especially meetup nights, is yeah. not for you. Mm. Yeah. It's for the other. It's for everyone else. Of like, 
I've got some games. Let's play. And, you yeah. want to learn? Yeah, I'd love to learn. And I think where, where I managed to break that barrier, it's just taking the plunge. You know, I played played with Nee, played with Nee's group, gone to, you know, Goobicon before, done all that sort of stuff. But still for quite a while there at the start, it was just playing with the same people, the people that are already new. You know, you yeah. know the family members, the friends. That are, it's it's hard to come into that tight group, it, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you, that's that's all I sort of played around with. But then, when it was when Ralph and Damien came to Gubicon, and they sort of said to me and Nick, "Do you want to play a game of um, Blood Rage? Vikings Blood, or something? Blood, yeah. Blood Rage, yeah. Blood Rage, great." And you know, Vikings, hell yeah, I'm in. You Vikings know. combat drafting, yes. <laughs> and we we all sat down. You know, me and Nick with two. Yeah, we didn't really, we didn't really table know you. And, yeah. Um, you just get you just get straight into the, it's just such a good thing to a common experience to just sort of yeah um, you know have fun fun around and I felt like okay this is an experience I guess not that you could have with everyone you're not everyone's gonna enjoy the game or mm. you know not mm. but if you've got that commonality in that everyone's there for a sort of board game and that's what you're there for yeah you're gonna find common ground over the game and. Mm you know you're gonna create friendships yeah i uh i know i know someone that recently went on behold games board game cruise they mm. do a cruise i believe that they're, they're starting to do it annually but it's a 10-day cruise um i don't believe it goes anywhere but you're just there you bring your games and you play board games for 10 days on a boat um doesn't sound too bad <laughs> but she said like you know you can literally just walk up to a table you don't really know anyone and mm. you just go oh you're playing this game cool do you mind if i play with you or, yeah, or something yeah. like that and she said that everyone was more than welcome to to have you because that's the type of people mm. that are in the board gaming hobby they're just happy that you're there really like it's it's a good feeling but i do want to say i have games um in board game groups where it, it does not gel mm. <laughs> um and that's fine. Yeah, it is. It's fine. You, it is fine. You, no one's like rude or anything like that. But like, you might disagree with certain things in the game itself, <laughs> and and you realize, hang on a second, I'm not having fun anymore. And that's fine. It just means you don't really play again with those people. Mm. Like, you might find a different group, but they're, they're guaranteed there's someone out there for everyone in the board gaming world. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah sure. and, and that, that is something that you know people you do need to be aware of is that you may not get along with everyone. Yeah, but whilst we're all playing the game we're all kind of here for for the game mm. and i'm not saying that you need to go out there and make best friends with the people that you go to the meetups with please don't think we're trying to imply that hey you need to go out there and be best friends with everyone like we're very lucky that our circumstances kind of led to this kind of um this point yeah but there are people that i do play games with but i only play games with them mm. like yeah. i'm not really i'm not like i'm like i'm friendly with them but i wouldn't say that they're my close friends, mm. but that's fine, right? You know, I really enjoy playing games with them, and, mm. and I, I enjoy that experience. Yeah. I have to say, like, just to quickly sidestep, like, the the day that you went to uh, Damien's house and played Search for Planet X, and <laughs> I wasn't involved, was kind of like a proud dad moment where I'm like, he's moving on, he's going to play other games without was that me. A... Ralph? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, you met Luke and uh, Damien yeah. that night. Yeah. And I, I like, and I have to admit though, but that was that moment where I kind of was like proud dad, where I'm like. <laughs> You know, I knew that how big of a step it was for you to just kind of go, like, we've only ever really played my collection. Mm. And then someone else finally goes, hey, like, you want to come play? And you're like, yeah, you know what, I will. And I knew how big of a step that was. And that's mm. really cool to see. I yeah. think it was yeah. really awesome. And what's cool about the Clock Tower Nights, there's one lady that comes pretty much every week. 
but she's really timid really shy and you can tell like she suffers from some sort of anxiety issues and things like that but she's a, a absolutely lovely lady but she's there every single time mm. we do it now and that's fantastic yeah you know? and she's so, slowly coming out of her shell and, and that's just fantastic to see yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i think we kind of just to kind of close out the uh the segment i think she's kind of been a bit of a wholesome episode uh always is it always is you know um but like i think really uh, for me it's just if i could leave the everyone with one point it's like you know if this is a hobby that you're into and you're thinking i don't really have a lot of people that i want to play or my friends can't play as often as Mm -hmm. i i want there are plenty of players out there who would love to play the games that you are Definitely. that you're putting out there. So I, I just want to cl- uh, close with a funny story, actually. Please do. So um, the way I met Matt, who's also a co-host of the podcast here, um, my wife was in a musical, fantastic musical. It was amazing. Definitely go to the Campbelltown Theatre when you can. And there was a big after party for the cast members and their partners. And my wife's like, you have to come. And I'm like, sure, let's let's go. And I'm thinking, all right, I'm a musical guy. Like, I, I really enjoy my music. Mm. So I was like, oh, it shouldn't be too bad. And then slowly, slowly, I get to Matt's house where the party was. And I realize, oh, he likes Lego. I like Lego. Cool. I start eyeing all the Lego. And I'm like, hang on, that's not a Lego. That's a board game. That's a That's a bigger board game is he a gamer? And I, and I start talking to Matt and I see the face, my wife's face, as it shifts from Matt is Tina's friend to Matt is Ralph's friend. <laughs> I see the, the, the worry in her face and I'm like, yeah, it's happening, it's happening. Yeah, I love that when Tina was like, yeah, you said, it's like, they're no longer my friends, they're your friends. It's like, yeah, I'm Tina, I'm sorry, you kind of is our friends. But, you know, that's, yeah, that's how it is. Maybe she should come play some more board games with us. Maybe I'd say so. we could swing Definitely. it back. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to bring it to the end of this episode. Episode number 23. We're heading towards 25, quarter of a century. Uh, I think, yeah, that's, I'm looking forward to that one, actually. Hopefully, we'll have Matt back in a couple of episodes. But if not, we do have a couple of interesting things planned coming up. For sure. In fact, uh, next week, look forward to our uh, first guest. Of season two. Of season two. Not our first guest ever. We've had, uh, we've had a couple. Um, so we have our first guest of season two next week um and uh look if you're still listening which i hope you are please go to our social media which is our facebook group which is board game gateway we also have a website www.boardgamegateway.com we have all the links to our other social medias there discord uh our uh, you know youtube channel go there look at all the videos stuff we'd love to have you part of this community we'll look out we are planning on doing some board game arena tournaments this year so there's a whole bunch of stuff going on and we are very excited to have you there so on behalf of myself on behalf of blake and behalf of ralph we'd like to say thank you for listening and we'll see you next time bye see you later nothing from you ralph I froze. Touchdown. In fact, you can probably you can probably hear it fading out right now. No, 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 no,